Welcome to Walk the Line 2014. My name is Dan Cryer, and I'm here at Impact 89 FM, Impact Sports at Michigan State University. And with me today is Brooks Lambeer. How's it going, Dan? Hey, good, man. How you doing? Good. It's good to be back with you after the World Cup stuff we did. Yes, it's wonderful to be back, and it's excellent to be back for football season. Um, You know, and today we're going to talk about uh, NCAA Week 1. And that's getting ready to go uh, just right away. There's games Thursday. There's a certain game that we're going to talk about here on Friday the 29th, which is Michigan State and Jacksonville State. And then there's some really, really, really good games on the Saturday the 30th. So, um, you know, without further ado, I think that we should just jump right into this Jacksonville State Gamecocks at Michigan State Spartans. It's going to be a 7.30 p.m. game on uh, Friday. It's here at uh, East Lansing. And as everyone listening knows, Michigan State's coming off the 13-1 and magnificent Rose Bowl victory season. And we got a team in Jacksonville State that if you initially don't know anything about them, you're going to say this is going to be a 99 to nothing victory, but there's a little, little more to them. So uh, give me your initial thoughts going into this uh, game here. <laughs> Well, if you obviously when we looked before, we found out that Eastern Washington uh, they had lost to Eastern Washington in the third round of the FBS playoffs. That's, and Eastern yeah. Washington is a very good football program. Uh, they've made it to the championship for a couple times. Yep, uh, always a tough team to play at home, which unfortunately Jacksonville State had to go to Eastern Washington to play. And, and they that's, had, that's the that's the the elite eight basically of the football bowl subdivision. That, mm-hmm. that so that's they were one of the top eight teams. Jacksonville State was in that in that division. Yes, and it's always hard to plan their nice red turf they have there at Eastern <laughs> yeah, Washington. Tough. How ugly it is, but uh, they they went in lost thirty five twenty four, and I think that's a good test for Michigan State. Uh, everyone says, hey, it's an FBS school. It's a it's a easy it's a cake game. It's, yeah. it's not necessarily it's not a cake going game. To be. Because this team has obviously proven that they can play well in the FBS. And as we know, Appalachian State had beaten uh, right, Michigan years ago. a couple of years ago, even though that was, I think it was D1AA or D1. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. that's back when everything was Division One, yes. 1AA. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same essentially thing. And so, and a lot of people told me that, um, you know, Jacksonville State has some transfers from SEC teams. And I'm looking up their quarterback's name is Eli Jenkins. He's a sophomore quarterback from Birmingham, Alabama. And he's got to be good because in that game that they lost to Eastern Washington last year, it said that they were up by a touchdown when Eli Jenkins was injured. So, um, you know, it's this guy's going to be coming back. And so Michigan State's going to be tested defensively here because yes. uh, obviously uh, the Gamecocks know how to score. So, I mean, uh, look, looking at it, uh, this is walk the line, and we're here to talk point spreads. I spent the whole – after Brooks and I did uh, some World Cup uh, talking over the summer, I spent the last couple of weeks kind of justifying walk the line, and I, I think there's a lot of – uh, merit in discussing the point spreads. Uh, you know, we're just looking at it from a statistical basis. We're not talking about betting or anything like that. I mean, get, just to get Brooks in here on this argument before we get to the picking of the the score. What do you think about point spreads in general? What are your thoughts? You know, I I think it's a fun thing, and like you said in your podcast, there is some thrill to it. Uh, you know, I do fantasy football, and yeah. you know, my uncle's done fantasy football as well, and he's done the auction where they auction off players sure. and you got to bid for them and yep. and whatnot, and. You know, I, I get that. I get that same kind of feel, um, even though I've never actually bet on a point spread before. But, yeah. but just talking about it, you know, I get that same thrill as like, you know, throwing in twenty bucks to play fantasy football uh, sure. every week to week. You look to see, uh, you know, if your player, your team's doing well and and whatnot. And and you know, I I think it's not a, it's not as bad as people think. 
Cool. And would you agree? I, my my big stump is that, you know, it's really about being right. You want to make a correct prediction to show that, you know, our analysis has some merit to it. And just like any other sports, quote unquote, expert, you know, we break down the players and the scores and everything and try to assess what the final score is going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's like when we we're making our World Cup predictions, I would kind of tell you who's going to who would win and whatnot. Yeah. And I'd be like, and I, when we come back next, I'm like, man, I told you they would win. And, yeah. you know, th- there's some there's a great feel to when you pick something right, especially the score and the team that wins. Yep. So I have looked on the internet uh, to see the various uh, point spreads for this opening first week. And we have a list here. There's some great games to talk about. We're going to talk about Texas A&M, South Carolina. We're going to talk about LSU, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Navy, uh, Clemson, Georgia. But uh, the one game that we're talking about here that's going to be here at Michigan State University, uh, there is no line. Okay, so some of these games between the different uh, divisions, I did see Michigan, I think, is about minus 34 and a half against Appalachian State. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, there's no line for the game. Okay, so for Jacksonville State at Michigan State, this is my made up line. People can criticize it if they want. It's uh, I'm going to say Michigan State minus 27 and a half. That puts us right at the uh, four touchdown threshold. Can the Spartans, you know, win by more than four? Uh, I think it's going to be a tighter game going into halftime, but I think that the Spartans can wear them down. So that's why I'm just hypothetically putting it out there. And I'm I'm guessing uh, over-under because I'm expecting some defense, uh, but you never know, at about 52, which would kind of be like a 42 to 10 with Michigan State covering. So just that's my explanation as to why I'm just going with that. So I'll throw it to you, Brooks. Uh, if, if I told you, you know, say Vegas had minus 27 and a half for Michigan State, what do you think of that? I'll take that. Yeah, take Michigan take State, spread. give up yeah. the points there? Yeah. And uh, give me some reasons there. You know, I just think it's an FBS school. And if, if I guess if this was a, a MAC team, they were given 27 and a half, you were going to give 27 and a half to, I'd, yeah. probably, I'd probably take the under and go probably three touchdown win, not okay. so much four. Okay. Uh, but it's an FBS team. There's, you know, there there's a division difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jacksonville State's very good. They're very good in the FBS. Yeah. But that's why Division One colleges schedule these teams because they're a challenge for a couple quarters and then eventually, you it's know, fatigue, fatigue sets in, f- physicality, and then start to wear down. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually Michigan State can bring in some of their second you know, the second string guys, third string guys and sure. to play. And in then, third and you know, and then, then you talk, start talking about height and weight and then, mm-hmm. you know, our second team versus their second oh, team, yeah. then, then it starts to extend itself. Oh, so yeah. I agree with you there. And plus, I mean, you got to take the crowd into, into, into the factor here because it's going to be really, really fired up crowd, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating the Rose Bowl victory. I know I've seen, I've been to the stadium for the spring game. They have the Rose Bowl pedals on the, around the graphics. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, let's go, let's, 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 you know, turn it on and just like put our foot on them and just, you know, just kind of smash them. So, uh, I though, well, before I give my pick though, so on, on a, over under 52, you said you think Michigan state's going to cover the four touchdowns. Uh, you got a score that comes to mind off the top of your head. <sighs> Well, they have to win by twenty-eight. Yep, I'm I'm a great mathematician, right? That's it's funny, yeah, because it's funny how you can stumble. You're like, wait, does that add up? That happens to me quite often. Well, I'm gonna take the, I guess, I guess I think I said twenty-eight or more. I think they'll win by. So yeah, uh, how many points do you think we'll give up? I guess that would be the first. Okay, I think we'll give up two touchdowns. Okay, so then that would fourteen. Yeah. So and then I would say so about forty-two to fourteen. There, yeah, like forty-two. That. I'm gonna go maybe get a field goal in the end for forty-five. Forty-five, fourteen. Yeah. Okay, I like that. And then I am going to say that, and this is cynical Dan. Okay, this is welcome to welcome to walk the line, uh, Brooks. Cynical Dan, who I've I've said I'm wrong a lot. I see us 
being a little tight. Okay. I've seen, you know, last season and we, we were dealing with, this is a completely different situation because last year we weren't sure if Cook or Maxwell was going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Michigan State struggled offensively against Western Michigan and against South Florida. Yep. And they were pretty inferior opponents, but the defense obviously was mm-hmm. amazing because Michigan State just shut people down. Oh, yeah. So I expect the defense to be really good. So I'm going to let Jacksonville State score 13 points, I'm thinking. They're going to get oh. one touchdown and two field goals. Okay. But I don't think that Michigan State's going to get into the 40s. I think it's going to be a game where, where they're at 30, 38. So I'm going to say 38-13 okay. because that's going to keep us under at 51 total. And I think that Jacksonville State's going to, you know, like I said, keep it close. Maybe it'll be one of those like a, you know, uh, a 17-7 or a 17-6 mm-hmm. halftime score okay. and like we're discussing. Right. So I, I think Michigan State's going to win, and I think Michigan State will be happy to win 38-13. to You know, I, I, all this is mm-hmm. arbitrary as far as affecting the team. I think what they want to do ultimately is just come out, run some plays, get get Cook a couple touchdown throws, get Lankford to maybe a touchdown run, let the backups, you know, get in there, a little yeah. exercise. So yeah. anything else you want to add? Well, I mean, I think you want your defense to start out well. You, I think you want a couple four and outs. I don't, you know, I yeah. think that's what Narduzzi's looking for, especially with this new defense with new linebackers, a couple new corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, that's what I, I, that if I'm watching the game, that's what I want to see. Can we do a couple four and outs? You know, maybe if they get one first down on the drive, mm-hmm. you know, but can we force them to punt the ball and not give up points, in, at least in the first quarter? I think that's what Michigan State should, should shoot for yeah. because they're very good at, at not giving up points last year in their first quarter. And defense wins championships, as we saw last year. Yeah, so. yeah it does. I can't wait to see Shalee Calhoun back out there and, you know, uh, just at uh, Darian Harris mm-hmm. and Tuan Jones and everything. I mean, it's, it's an exciting, uh, you know, Narduzzi. I think hands down is the best coordinator in all of Division One college football. I yeah. mean, we really we have a great coach and head coach in, in D'Antonio, you know, and Narduzzi. He he just keeps making the defense just this tough, tough brick wall. Yeah. So it's 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 an exciting thing because Michigan State is in the is in the discussion on uh, making it to that college football mm-hmm. playoff Final Four. Oh yeah. And so it's an enviable position. So uh, you know. I don't know how much in this game against a football bowl subdivision, sometimes you say they're not going to run all their secret plays because they don't want to like you know show their hand too much for the yeah, Oregon sure. game that's coming mm-hmm. up uh, yeah. the following week. So anyway, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating that very much. So. I'm, I'm sure also just one thing to mm-hmm, add. Sure. Um, you, I mean, you'll probably see, I know Damian Terry, they've been talking about, may have a set package for him. Right. I think that's important to see what he can do, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you throw him back there with Connor Cook because there's a nice read option, but you know, sure. they're going to run the ball or throw the ball. And McGarrett Kings, too. He can mm-hmm. get in there and maybe run like a like a you know a, mm-hmm. a running play, a little little slant or something like that. Just yeah. get get the ball in his hands, let yeah. him use his speed. It's good to work on the basics. Yeah, and it like, like I was mentioning, I mean, this is a completely different situation than last season. You have Connor Cook. Who not only won, you know, helped win the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, but he became the guy, and then just kept getting better and better. And the two wins, when you stack defeating Ohio State and breaking their twenty-four game win streak, taking Ohio State out of the national championship game, that was wonderful. Giving Urban oh, yeah. Meyer his first losses in Ohio State, coach, I love that. And then to go to the Pasadena, you know, he had a, one bad interception, but he rallied through the touchdown to lip it. I mean, this is a guy that's now considered in the oh man, this guy can go pro someday because he's a big quarterback. So Yeah, I uh, I think he needs arm strength, and I think he needs to be more consistent. He sure. needs to not lob the ball as much. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, you're working with George Whitfield, one of the best quarterback coaches who work with Johnny Manziel and a lot of other professional football players. Yeah. I wouldn't consider Johnny Manziel a top NFL quarterback, but uh, he, he, you know, he, he has the resources and 
the potential to be a drafted quarterback. Everybody kid. needs that comfort zone feeling of a good quarterback that you can re- rely upon. And I think of the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah, like obviously, you know, they defeated the man and Peyton Manning, but it was probably, I was saying, good enough for Seattle to just get to the Super Bowl. They mm-hmm. won. And now they have Russell Wilson back, and they can just rely on this guy with the running game and everything. But it's just so nice to have a quarterback there. Of course. It's, it's a great thing. I can't wait to see the game on Friday. So, okay, let's go chronologically because, uh, and I love that I just said that. I'm, I'm not going to edit that out <laughs> because we're going to go back in time from Friday <laughs> to Thursday, August 20th. And I meant because we're going to eventually talk about Saturday games. So the, there's a game, the 28th. It's Texas A&M. It's at South Carolina. So it's a home game for the Gamecocks there. So we're going from the Gamecocks to the Gamecocks. Uh, and South Carolina, coached by Steve Spurrier, they are picked. And when I say they are picked, there's a prediction um, from uh, cbssports.com. Uh, you know, there, here's some last names. We've got Dodd, Fowler, Solomon, Jerry Palm, uh, Fornelli, uh, Hinnon, and Patterson. So uh, these guys got together and they made their conference predictions. So not everybody agreed on everything. But for the most part, in the SEC East, uh, out, of the, out of the seven, four of the guys have uh, South Carolina fishing first. And then uh, in the West Division, they pretty much have Texas A&M either fourth, fifth, or sixth. So because of just looking at those predictions and then looking at the the betting line, Texas A&M is underdogs. They're getting ten and a half points. No more Manziel. They still have Kevin Sumlin, great coach, good motivator, but they have to kind of reboot. So uh, you know, are you expecting South Carolina to just be one of the dominant teams in the SEC? Are they going to be like a surprise team that could make it to the college football playoff this year? I don't think they're a surprise team because their backup quarterback had a lot of play last year when mm-hmm. Connor Shaw was out. Okay, yeah, true. I think that was... And is Shaw playing again this year? No, it, Connor no. Shaw was drafted this year. Okay, He was good, in good. the Cleveland Browns okay. this year. See, I love working with Brooks here. Okay, good, good, good. I mean, And I will keep yapping while you keep thinking because yeah. South Carolina, they had a good season. They had Jadavian Clowney. Like you said, they had Connor Shaw, who's now drafted um, in the NFL. So they got a reboot there. And what's the name of the quarterback this year? Uh, Dylan Thompson, who split a little time when Connor Shaw was out last year. And he's also played yeah. – he played a little when um, they were having the quarterback troubles with uh, Steven Garcia a couple years ago, uh, the, uh, the the head, the loose case uh, head, head, head banger guy that right. just like – was having problems off the field. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, so I think that South Carolina was big expectations last year, and they underperformed. You know, they did go to the Capital One Bowl where they were defeated by Wisconsin Badgers, and the Missouri Tigers were the team out of the SEC East that went to and played that you know really high up-tempo game against Auburn where Auburn won that and went to the BCS mm-hmm. National Championship game where they lost to Florida State. I digress. So we have a fresh start. Steve Spurrier is always going to be relied upon to put up points. I mean, you know, he's an offensive genius, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. He's won a, you know, national championship with the Florida Gators. So, you know, that's that's really where Florida or where South Carolina, I think, is is a favorite because of the coach. I mean, he's just such a he's just such a structured, reliable coach. So going into this game, I mean, we have a brand new team for Texas A and M and we have a team at home who's kinda, you know, smelling blood, I I think. So I'm going to make the first pick on this one. The over-under is 60 and a half. So they're looking for an up-tempo game, and that's because of Kevin Sumlin. He loves to get up and down, yeah. you know, run lots of plays. So I think South Carolina is going to win by two, let's say two touchdowns. I'm going to say a 14-point 14, 14 victory uh, with a with a big score that, that hits over. So I'm going to say um, I'm going to go 41 to 28. 41-28 in that one. So that's going to take us way over on uh, 16 half. So I'm going to say South Carolina 41-28. Okay. What do you got? You know, I'm going to go two touchdowns, two touchdowns as well. I think because they're at 10 right now, the spread. Mm-hmm, 10 and a half, yeah. 10 and a half. Uh, I'm definitely going to take the over on that one. Okay. Two touchdowns. You lose Johnny Manziel. You lose uh, 
Mike Evans, big yeah. wide receiver target, receiver. who now is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young quarterbacks, Galler in the new system. Uh, Kevin Sumlin, as you said, is a great coach, but yeah. you're playing in uh, you're playing in it's Columbia, South to Carolina. Go on the road. A conference game to start a brand new quarterback and everything. Yeah. I mean, and South Carolina is ready to. You know, they have good recruits. They're they're ready they're confident. to go. Mm-hmm. All right, so you you like the over sixty point five. So what do you think for a two touchdown spread? I got forty one twenty eight. You know, thirteen point spread oh, there. So I'm gonna go twenty one for a And M. Okay. And let's go thirty. That would be yeah thirty five for right, South Carolina. You want to keep it under then thirty five twenty one. It'll be fifty six. Oh, I'm going to keep it under. Oh, I, I said two touchdowns. Well, we can go forty one forty two twenty eight. I'm going to go. Kind of... I'm going to go forty two twenty one. All right. See, this to is keep, how we to do keep it. it over forty two twenty one. So they're going to blast them. I think so. All right. Cool. And I'm interested to see. I mean, it is so hard. I mean, Johnny Manziel was more than the face of Texas A&M. He propelled them into a place that I've really never seen Texas A&M. I mean, they've always had good teams and, and done done good things, but this is a Texas A&M that's never existed. And so there's, I, I'm wondering if the Johnny Manziel presence brought in new recruits, you know, so that just so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, first week, uh, it could be it could be nerve for South Carolina. I'm wondering, you know, just like I think Michigan State might uh, underperform a little bit. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I mean, just to add one thing, yeah, I, I thought A and M was always on the up and up with Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. You know, no one knew about this Johnny Manziel kid until you know he was running around and beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so it, Texas A and M has been with Mike Sherman had built a great program, and then you know Mike Sherman moved on to the Dolphins, and we know with Ryan Tannehill yeah. as his offensive coordinator. Uh, but the, you know, but like you said. Uh, A&M's always kind of floated around the middle of the Big 12, but yeah. you know now being the SEC, you know a couple surprises for the first year, then not so great the second year. But well, they basically had Superman back there, you know, yeah. with a guy. And, and I'm interested to see if Manziel, because it's going to take him a couple years for the for the NFL to slow down for him. But I'm wondering if he can become stronger and quicker, and then you know mm-hmm. be Johnny Football in the NFL, which is an interesting story. Yes. So all right, so we're going to stick with an SEC team. We're going to jump now to the 30th of August, this Saturday. So the first real. Full day of football for the 2014 college football season. We have an interconference game with a uh, Big Ten foe. So we have the number 14 ranked Wisconsin Badgers traveling south to Houston, Texas, to the what used to be called Reliant Stadium. It's now called NRG Field. They are the parent company. I looked this up. Of so it's where the Houston Texans play their NFL games versus the LSU Tigers. And uh, you know it's 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 less miles and and the Tigers and they're going to say well, the Badgers are tiger bait. We came down Lake Pontchartrain and we went over to Houston. So uh, that is there, game is there a grass field, so we can eat some grass. I uh, can eat some grass, <laughs> like like a Cajun grass. So it's it's Saturday, August thirtieth. It's a nine p.m. Eastern start. It's on ESPN. I would say this is the marquee matchup of the weekend, wouldn't you? Yeah, because this is this really is a big turning point. Because from what yeah. I've heard, is Wisconsin doesn't really have many other games really in their schedule, um, right. at least big name teams that they're going to play. Yeah, so this is, you need you need to win this if you're Wisconsin. Yeah, and Wisconsin's in what's now called the Big Ten East. Okay, Michigan State's in the excuse me the Big Ten West. Yes. Michigan State is in the Big Ten East, and in the in the Big Ten East, you have you know Michigan Wolverines, Ohio State Buckeyes, and Michigan State were the top three teams. And I would say in the West, you have. You know, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Iowa, I think, would be the the, the, the top three teams. Because there's Illinois, Northwestern, and Purdue there. And, you know, I like my—I got to give a shout-out to Illinois. I'm from Champaign. But, um, you know, Wisconsin needs this, but it's a tough, tough thing. They are five-point underdogs in the game. And, like I said, it's on a neutral stadium, technically, over-under is 50. 
It's kind of a home game for us. Yeah, it's I so mean, close. I mean, it's just right there. It's a, it's an it's an adjacent state. You know, Texas and Louisiana, right there. So th- yeah. they're going to have a lot of people. And Wisconsin travels great too. And I love these early early season matchups like this. So it's a wonderful game to think about. Uh, this line has been kind of jumping back and forth. It went from six to four, and now it sits at five right now. Uh, so I think there's just a lot, um, you know, in, going into the game that we don't know. It, th- that's the that's the crazy thing about going into week one. You know, we, we can just kind of hope to see. Okay, you know, like we we're saying, South Carolina's got a home crowd. Well, they're going to rely on Michigan State's going to rely on home crowd. This one, I'm not so sure. So, just initially, I'm going to say I think that it's going to be a very low scoring game. I think this over under of 50 seems seems pretty crazy, just based on you know a grinded out LSU type game. And yes, these games can have a, a kick return for a touchdown or something like that. But initially, more than the spread, I like the under. So I'm thinking that we're going to be looking at a game in the 20s. Okay, so. That's where the tough the spread's tough because it could be 27-21 and LSU covers, right? Some might say Wisconsin has a chance to win. But really, because of the the area, it's going to be tough for me to lean that way. So I want to know what you think about this game. You know, it's an interesting game because you lose Zach Mettenberger for LSU. Mm-hmm. You lose some running backs. I mean, uh, you have the um, number one running back coming in for LSU, Fontaine. Who may get yes. some playing time? That guy's a beast. Yes, he's a beast. Uh, and then look at Wisconsin. You lose a quarterback. Who's going to start, Stavi, or is it going to be uh, McAvoy? And apparent and Tanner McAvoy is going to be the starter. And McAvoy is a redshirt junior, with Joel Stavi also being a redshirt junior. So if you really want to look at it, you know, and I'll it, it'd be interesting to see from the quarterback position mm-hmm. who's going to play. And then also you have a running back and uh, Gordon Melvin, who's been up there in the Heisman talks. So. Two very similar teams are going to run right at you and then we're going to throw the ball. Uh, but I feel like LSU has a better wide receiver core than Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where it's it's just so tough to tell because uh, Wisconsin's coming off a bowl victory, but we don't know who's going to be starting. I mean, they're always going to be a confident group. Uh, Gary Marshall's their head coach. He used to be the Utah State mm-hmm. coach. He took over for, for Brett Bielema, who's now in Arkansas. Arkansas. Struggling. That did not go well. <laughs> And so that that's a strange thing because I think it, like the Bielema still I feel his presence in in Wisconsin. So you you know like I I feel like that's why I'm I'm leaning to this on un, this under fifty. I it's hard to see this game getting in the thirties for either team. Do you yeah, agree with me on it's, that one? It's, it's and they're both very good defensive teams. Yeah, because they're because Wisconsin. You think of big offensive linemen. Yeah, strong middle linebackers. Ball controlling run running. Yes, and you get the same thing with L- LSU. This I'm, this game will probably hit the low twenties, like you said. Yeah. May, I don't see it being in the teens. I'm gonna say so. What? Yeah. Why don't you pro- go first on this one? So I picked the, the first last time. So the point is, we're going over under is fifty, and LSU's favored by five points right now. Okay, LSU's favored by five. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over the five, and I'm gonna say they'll okay. be fair by a touchdown. So so you you have LSU winning by a touchdown. Touchdown. Okay. So I'm gonna go twenty eight twenty one. Twenty eight twenty one. But I I that's what I'm thinking too. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, and I'm wondering even if LSU can win by more than seven. It could be possible. I mean, like a th- it's, it's, tough to, it's tough to tell. I'm going to just make it a little bit different, I'm, just to make it different. I'm going to say LSU 28-20. Like, okay. I, I don't know why. I, just, I feel like there's going to be some field goals in the game. So I'm going to say 
I'm going to say 27-20. How about okay. that? Okay, all right. 27-20. All right. So we have the same spread. So we both agree that LSU, and I'm doing that based on because there's just so much closer to, to Baton Rouge than yeah. to Madison, Wisconsin when you're oh, in yeah. Houston. And it's it's a it's you know respect to Wisconsin for putting this game on the schedule, um, you know, and I, Michigan State's going to travel to Eugene, Oregon, and you got to do that these days. You have to have it, and you, you pointed it out. This is Wisconsin's case. If they can beat LSU, that's a victory for Big Ten over SEC. Then they need to win their side of the Big Ten, their Big Ten West. They need to go to the Big Ten championship game and defeat, you know, whether it be Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State. And then, then they'll be in the discussion for the Final Four. But if if Wisconsin doesn't win this game, I think they're out of that Final Four, and they can start thinking Capital One yeah. Bowl or something again. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, like you said, same thing for Michigan State. They have they need to win at Oregon because, you know, with Ohio State losing Braxton Miller, as we'll probably talk a little later. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, not as strong of a team. So you know, strength of schedule is very important if they want to make it to the playoffs. Big time. Well, I I say we don't even make it that much later. Let's just jump right to it. All Let's right. go. So so earlier in the day on on this Saturday the thirtieth, Ohio State is going to play Navy, the the midshipmen, and this game is going to be in Baltimore. And I'm I'm making an assumption here that that means it's going to be where the Ravens play. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I'm sure. So. This game is going to be 12 noon. It's on CBS Sports Network. So uh, Ohio State is currently ranked fifth in the AP poll, but that's a deceptive, overblown thing because Braxton Miller lost for the season, uh, shoulder injury. It's pretty devastating. And they do have two uh, freshman quarterback that, that are going to need to step in there. And obviously Ohio State, with Urban Meyer recruiting, has a slew of five-star recruits up and down. Uh, they're, they're, the, the spread was 19.5. It went to 17 and now it's sitting at 16 and a half. And I got to be honest, Brooks, I thought it would drop a lot more. With Braxton Miller. I really on. did. I thought that it would drop to about 13 and a half or 14. Well, people, uh, from what I've heard uh-huh. about ESPN, people like this JT Barrett, who yeah. who see, who's the uh, redshirt freshman. Uh, he's got a very strong arm. Mm-hmm. Not as mobile, but he's more of a, I guess, the essence of the pocket passer, you would say. Yeah. With a little mobility. Um, but I mean, maybe that's why it didn't drop because, you know, JT Barrett, uh, yeah, as you know, they, they know the quarterback, they know the back quarterback for Ohio state and they've, they think that he has the potential to, you know, keep, you know, win by how much or or put up points on the board. I I agree. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that this guy, he's got to be four or five star recruit. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just no, no doubt that the guy's great, but the question is, what does Navy have? Because I'm looking at the Navy's 2013 schedule. You know, they defeated the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, you know, there's some losses on the schedule. They lost to Western Kentucky, and that, that was a decent team. But they defeated the Pitt Panthers. Um, you know, they play teams like Hawaii and South Alabama, San Jose State, and then they beat Army. They went to what was called the Bell Helicopter Armed Forces Bowl, where they played Middle Tennessee State and won 24 to six. Doesn't seem like the biggest challenge in the world. No, but Navy is a team that is. I think that they can play. So I'm going to just wholeheartedly jump in on this one. The over under is 55 and a half. I think it's going to be an up and down game. I think Ohio State still wins. But I that 14 is what I'm thinking. So I think that we're going to have a high-scoring game. I'm going to say uh, 48-34. So big for Ohio State to win, but not cover the 16.5. Okay. Yeah, I'm going way over. 48-34, that's a combined 82 points. And Ohio State's going to win, and they're going to look to. I mean, Ohio State's got a schedule that that kind of puts them here in East Lansing a few weeks from now. It does. You know, when Michigan State comes off of a Michigan game, then a bye, and then plays Ohio State. 
And that's really going to, I think, decide the Big Ten East. So, uh, but, uh, you know, this one, it's gonna, I think it's just going to be a run-and-gun type mm-hmm. game. So, what do you got? It's so hard to defend the triple option because there's so many things going on at once. Uh-huh. And, you, and it's man-to-man, and if one guy loses someone, they could be a play could be busted open for a touchdown or mm-hmm. a big run. Uh, I think you're leaning over. I don't. And then with Ohio State, Urban Meyer spread offense, but Braxton Miller's not there, so you lose the mobility for him to. Everybody should see there's numbers floating around Brooks's head right now. It's going. There is. It's the Smith. Let it flow, Brooks. I'm letting it flow. I'm letting it flow. Let's. I'm gonna go. Two touchdowns for no. I'm gonna go ten. I'm gonna say ten, 10. points. So you don't think 10. they're gonna cover either? No. Okay. I'm gonna go ten. I, that's what I was trying to feel fill out. If you're thinking, oh, Ohio State's gonna blow them out or something. No, I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. Okay, I think it's ten be points. Close. Okay, so I'm gonna go ten. So let's see. I'm gonna go. I mean, with fifty-five and a half seems hugely. It I mean, is. Like, that like is a, a thirty-eight twenty-eight will go over. I mean, that just... is a lot of points. I think it's gonna be under the fifty-five. Oh, really? I so think you it's think it's gonna. Under... Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I Navy you. plays good defense as well. Um, and I, like I said too, you have a redshirt freshman quarterback coming in, so that and that's a huge stage mm-hmm. to play in, the, especially. Uh, some of the, I'm just gonna go over some of the. I mean, earlier mm-hmm. in the season, like I said, they lost to 19-7 last season to West Kentucky, but you know, Indiana was forty-one thirty-five, Delaware fifty-one-seven, uh, Pitt was twenty-four twenty-one. So that's a better, you know, that's 40, 45 points there. Yeah, Notre Dame they lost thirty-eight thirty-four. You know, they put up forty-two in Hawaii forty-two. So they can score points. That's they can, they can. I just think it's going to be between kind of a defensive game. Okay, wow. So let's see. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Ohio State thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, no, no. Ohio State twenty-eight. Okay, and wow. then. And I'll go Navy yeah. 18. 28-18. So, All right, cool. Well, how, Nothing so, wrong with that. Yeah. All right, man. Interesting. See, that's what's fun about this because you're you're trying to – you're basically what just happened there was Brooks just watched the whole game in his brain. So three hours just went bloop, and then he came out with 28-18. I really – I cannot – I think 28-18 is going to be the halftime score. <laughs> so we'll see where this goes. It could possibly be, but I'm just I'm, – this is a yeah. prediction. Okay, so let's, let's knock off – Two more games, and then we'll we'll be done for this because we, we can do a couple. We can do a lightning round at the very end. Sure. But the one I want to do a brief discussion because it involves a Big Ten team, and it's in Dublin, Ireland. Okay, Penn State Nittany Lions are going to Dublin to play Central Florida. Central Florida is minus two; they're favored. And the over under is forty six and a half. So you know when you think Penn State, you're trying to think kind of like an NFL type. So Penn State, kind of an NFL team. You have James Franklin coming in from Vanderbilt. Right. Yes. And uh, Bill O'Brien moved on to the Houston Texans, but mm-hmm. you know Penn State just has that feel where the game's going to be in the twenties and a close game. That's why this, you know, I just mentioned like last year, Navy and Pittsburgh played twenty four twenty one. That's a really I can see this game being twenty four twenty one. So uh, Central Florida lost Blake Bortles to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's very highly touted, you know, and he's shown a lot of promise in the preseason. Even though they're going to go with Henny. Okay. But um, they lost you know, Storm Johnson, who was a transfer from the University of Miami to University of Central Florida. And Central Florida had a dream season last year because they played South Carolina really close mm-hmm. in an early season matchup. I, I believe they lost thirty eight thirty five, and they game. beat Penn State last year. Yep, and they beat Penn State, and so now you know, little little revenge for Penn State, perhaps. But uh, 
and to be honest, I mean, Penn State, I think they're going to make more noise than, than are expected. And I'm a little worried Michigan State has to finish the season in, you know, at Penn happy, State. It's not easy to play in Happy Valley. It's not a happy 100,000 people. No, so that that's the one that really worries me. When Michigan State has everything, all the money on the table, and then ends up going to, to Penn State, and then oops. So that's a little worry. So I'm going to I'm gonna pick first here and I'll let you go. I'm going to just say Penn State 24-21. So not only do they cover the spread, they're going to win the game. That's what I think. Okay. So just – I like Penn State. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little more. I'm gonna okay. go 28, 21. I'm gonna go by a touchdown. Okay. The biggest question for Penn State is we have Christian Hackenberg back, but they lose Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. kid I went to high school with as well, who was cool. drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right on. Uh, but who do you have a wide receiver that's gonna make plays for you? Uh, and also a question of depth because they don't have all the scholarships back from their from their suspensions. So, mm-hmm. um, but I like them by a touchdown. Okay. Well, this is good. All right, so that kind of uh, – I'll get you in, in the lightning round to one more uh, Big Ten um, okay. uh, game. But what I'm looking up right now, very quickly, is last year, very exciting game to begin the season. The Georgia Bulldogs played the Clemson Tigers. It was an early, early season matchup. It, it happened in August, so it was basically a year to the day. You know, It was August 31st last year, and that game was in Clemson, South Carolina, and Clemson lost uh, 38-35, and I remember uh, Gurley is the running back for – for Georgia, it really breakout performance. Yep. Yeah, he really, you know, he really, and that was the game that propelled Georgia into the forefront. And then they had a rough season. They 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 kind of stumbled. Had a really there. rough season. Yeah, and so and it ended with a loss to Nebraska. I remember that in a very rain soaked yeah um, bowl. But um, so here now, it, the question is because Clemson lost their starting quarterback. I'm uh, Taj Boyd. Yes, thank you. And so Taj Boyd's gone, so they're reloading. So Georgia. At home, minus seven and a half, so more than touchdown favorite, over under fifty four and a half. So this is just like the other game I was saying. A lot of uh, I really like, yeah, I really like the, Man. I really like the um, um, under in the LSU Wisconsin game, which was at fifty. Mm-hmm. I really do like the over because last year was just such firepower. I mean, big plays back and forth, and I just feel like these two teams really want to get it good at each other. We have an ACC team, we have an SEC team. You know, really close proximity to the teams. You know, state wise. And I just, you know, there's a, they just like to get going. And I'm, I'm picturing that game last year with a lot of long runs, a lot of quick strikes. And so that's the first thing. So really over, more than the spread, I, I just want to say that I like the, the over 54 and a half. So I'm going to let you go now. So what do you think? Georgia's minus seven and a half. Clemson's got to go, go to Athens to play this game. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a prime time performance here. I'm, I'm gonna, I think it's like an eight or 9 PM start. Let me see if I can find it here. It is a. Five thirty PM. Yeah, five thirty on ESPN. So that's just that's just going to be so great, and they're going to be wild. And Georgia's ranked twelfth, and Clemson's ranked sixteenth. So just based on that, it seems a little strange that it's that it's more than a touchdown. But yeah, you know. So what do you think? You know, Clemson over the years, with the exception of last year, has really played poorly in big in big games. Yeah, Florida State cranked yeah, them last year. They yeah, they have. And you know, I just I feel I'm gonna I'm gonna go more. I mean, I think South Carolina. I think uh, I mean Georgia's going to win by two touchdowns. Okay. And do you do you agree with me that it's going to be up tempo? I mean, like I, I kind of oh yeah, feel like, it's going to be up tempo because yeah. that's that's the type of offense um, that uh, Clemson plays. Now they don't have Taj Boyd, who was a little more mobile mm-hmm. than True. probably their quarterback now. Yeah, uh, and also Clemson lost one of their uh, running backs as well, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be uh, a little difficult for them. But let's see. I'm going to go. So I'm going to go two touchdowns. So what'd you say? Fifty five was. 50, yeah, basically fifty four and a half. 54 so fifty five will take so it over. So something, yeah. You're, you're, you're probably. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm gonna be honest. To be, uh, not to. Like, I'm, I'm thinking a game in the 30s, just like last That's year. That's what I was thinking. I'm, I'm gonna go. 
let's go 35. Okay. Four. Well, no, let's let's go 28 for Clemson. Okay. Like and... this. You're building you're building with the foundation first, okay? So 28. <laughs> 28 right. for Clemson. You think they're covering? So what do you Yep. I'm going to go let's see. 40 42 for 42 28. So, yeah, 42 28. All right. That's two touchdowns. Yep, that is. See, and it's funny. We're we're rusty. This is our first this is the first walk the line of the season we're actually talking points here. I think that last year was 38-35. I mean, I like I said, going to be over 54 and a half pretty easily. I think this game's going to be 24-21 at halftime. I mean, so I feel really confident about the over. Georgia minus 7 and a half. I mean, this is a big rivalry. Yeah. So, I and Clemson knows that they don't play good. I think that they feel pretty shame after losing to Jameis Winston so bad, and yeah. that was that was destruction. I mean, that game last year. You know what's funny is that SEC is all about defense, and you know they're Georgia gave a lot of points last year to Clemson. I know that's 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 why I'm thinking it's going over. Last year, Clemson lost at home to Florida State, fifty-one fourteen. Oh yeah. So they're still feeling bad about that. But Clemson finished the season by beating Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. Todd Boyd had a good game, and Sammy Watkins, great receiver, he's gone no too. No longer they have him. Yep. <laughs> so all that said, I love the over, but I don't think Georgia's going to cover the seven and a half. I think it's going to be closer. I think Georgia pulls it out. I basically what I'm looking at is Georgia goes up thirty-seven twenty-seven. Clemson puts in a late touchdown, misses an onside kick. Final score thirty seven thirty four. That's how I see it happening, and I think it's gonna be exciting to watch. So okay. that's that's why I have it on our list. So, um, yeah. So that's basically those are our marquee games. Let's do lightning round real quick okay. and walk the line. First college show of the year. I got Alabama at West Virginia. It's playing in the Atlanta Georgia in the Georgia Dome, which is in Atlanta, Georgia. So neutral site. But once again, we have a team. West Virginia's got to travel south. Alabama, basically, that's right in their wheelhouse. Alabama's minus 26 points. Yes, this is Nick Saban. Yes, this is a team that's almost assured to be in the college football playoff because there's four slots now. It's just like bank on Alabama being there. Over under 55. But this minus 26, I mean, I, I you know, the CBS sports guys, if I look at the Big 12, most of them have West Virginia either 7th, 8th, or ninth. And by the way, the Big 12 has 10 teams, which is funny. Yeah, but, uh, you know, basically 7th, 8th, or ninth. So not a lot of respect for West Virginia and gobs of respect for Auburn. So lightning round, what do you think? You think Alabama can cover four touchdowns? Yeah, I'm yeah? going to go over. Yeah, I'm with the over. over. So I'm just going to put this. Alabama, Alabama uh, with the over, minus 26. And they're going to blow them out because West Virginia doesn't play defense. So Big 12 I, teams don't play defense. I agree with what he's saying about that. You know what? And my mind's just saying, gosh, 26 points seems so many. They could easily put up 35 if they wanted to. But you, you're you're correct, I think. Uh, more, it, look, they could put up 55 on they their could. own if they wanted. Because West the only Virginia's thing not... I question with Alabama is their quarterbacks. Between mm-hmm. Sims and uh, the transfer from Florida State, uh, Cooker, Jake Cooker, I think uh-huh. was his last name. Okay. And... That's the only thing I question is who's going to play. They're going to play two quarterbacks. Is that going to be a problem for Alabama yeah. starting off? If it is a problem, maybe the 22 and a, 22 and a half, you said? 26. 26. Yeah, 26. Isn't that crazy? So may, maybe that's where it'll be 26 or less. But if they get if they get rolling the first drive and they, they turn the ball over for and out, you know, like I, I just can't see West Virginia putting up points because their yeah. defense is so oh boy. poor. I, it's just, you know, like my, my everything in me says, take the points, take the points. But, you know, West Virginia's 
picked so low in their conference, and Big 12 is not the strongest. I mean, people think Oklahoma is the best team there, and you know Texas is a, has a new coach in Charlie Strong from Louisville. So, I mean, Big 12 is not looking like it's a stellar uh, conference. It's it's going to be maybe even a question if if they make it to the fi- to the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, you won me over. I'm Alabama minus 26 <laughs> with the over. So then that segues nicely to the next game I have in our little quick lightning round here. UCLA, they're a hot pick. They're a dark horse because everybody likes to pick Oregon in the Pac-12. Everybody likes to pick Stanford. But Brett Hundley's their quarterback returning. He's a he's a very, very proficient quarterback, very good runner, lots of touchdowns, very few interceptions. So UCLA going into Charlottesville, Virginia. So road game. They are three touchdown favorites. They're minus 21. And the overrunner is 56 and a half. Here's another one where I'm saying, man, this is a home team getting 21 points at home. I I I want the points. I want the points. But part of me is saying, well, why is it 21 then? You know, and if I look at you know, the ACC standings here from the CBS uh, rankings. Virginia at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, they're just, it's it's pretty uniform, too. If I Let me, let me find them again. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's a flat. Everyone picked them to finish last. Yeah, I. it's just, it's because they have what's called the Atlantic and the Coastal. Yeah. And in the Coastal, Virginia is dead last with, you know, Duke and Miami and Virginia Tech at the top, maybe even Pitt. But with, with those teams being picked dead last, <laughs> that's pretty bad. So I'm going to say UCLA with the under 56.5. I think it's going to be a game like, you know, 30. If, if the team's that bad on that, I'm thinking like, you know, a 38 to, 38 to 10 or something to keep it yeah. under. So, but um, yeah, definitely like UCLA with the under. Do you agree with me on that one? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, if you look at Virginia's stats from last year, mm-hmm. uh, just, just and, you know, the points they points per game, you know, they were points for, they were 111th. They mm-hmm. only scored about 20 points a game. Points against 33, about 33 and a half, 99th overall. Didn't run the ball very well and didn't pass the ball very very well. And Pac 12 is a good conference. UCLA has a good defense. Brett Hundley, uh, Heisman candidate, at least preseason Heisman candidate. Uh, so if it's three touchdowns, I'm going to go a little more. I'm going to go four touchdowns. Yeah. And, by. And, you, so, and the thing is, too, I mean, this Maybe game is possibly four. comparable. Last Maybe year, three in a field goal. Okay, well, s- September seventh of twenty thirteen, the Oregon Ducks, who we know when they get the, put their feet on somebody and step on them, they can just keep it in overdrive. Yeah. They mm-hmm. won fifty nine ten in Charlottesville last year. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's possible. Maybe I should say over. Maybe. I mean, that's that's a tough call. Definitely, I like UCLA to cover. I, this yeah, one. I, I like them to cover for sure. Yeah, because I mean, if some of these losses for for. Um, Virginia weren't that pretty, you know. They lost fifty nine ten to Clemson, forty five fourteen to North Carolina, forty five twenty six to Miami, and they weren't close. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to see that. I mean, they gave Georgia Tech a good run, and and Duke was a good team. They only lost by thirteen, but yeah, UCLA's a a hot pick. So yeah, I, I definitely like UCLA, and then the over under. I have to think more about that fifty six now, but right now I'm gonna stick with the under. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one on the menu for today, Brooks. We have. Cal Bears, the Cal Berkeley Bears from the Pac-12, traveling to my undergraduate alma mater in Evanston, Illinois, to go you Northwestern. <laughs> so Northwestern, who had a good start to last season, and then the train went <laughs> with the Ohio State game, and they really bottomed out. They did defeat Illinois to end the season, but it was not a good campaign for Pat Fitzgerald. He's looking to strike back. I saw this initially, and I said, Northwestern minus 11, That's I'm taking the points. But then I looked at what what the predictions were, <laughs> and and when you look at the Pac-12, Cal is not getting much respect at all. Only one out of the seven uh, people have them in the Big Twelve North, not pick not picking them to finish dead last. 
So that's six out of seven people picking Cal to finish last. And last year, Northwestern went into Cal and won by two touchdowns. So I like Northwestern minus 11, and the over-under is 60. That seems like a lot. I think that Northwestern, you know, is going to run the ball. I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see. Northwestern just didn't really impress me much, but I think it's going to be one of those kind of dingier games where they win maybe like, you know, I'm going to say 24 to 24 to 10. I'm going to go with Northwestern there. Yeah, I'm just going to give a score on that one. Yeah, and they lose Venrick Mark to transfer. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, but Simeon, Simeon's a very good pocket passer. Yeah, he's a good pro type. Yeah, he is. Uh, so I think the Wildcats are going to crush. Da Golden Bears. <laughs> they are going to crush them. Yeah. Uh so what, eleven is the spread. I'm gonna yeah. go higher. I'm gonna say at least two touchdowns, fourteen. Okay. And you know, I think we'll we'll see. Kane Coulter's now gone. He's he's on the roster for the Minnesota Vikings, but that that was a he was such a versatile quarterback for Northwestern. And what they used to do was sub Simeon in on third down and mm-hmm. seven, third and eight, because, you know, uh, and Better so arm. I think it might be good for Northwestern to have this One pro style quarterback. quarterback just to stick with it. I mean, mm-hmm. and I was always impressed by Simeon because he was able to come into the game yeah. in these really high pressure situations and perform. It's not easy to come in cold. No. So Northwestern has a chance to have a good season. They have, they have a pretty w- uh, weak, um, you know, non-conference schedule. And they have, after California, um, Northwestern plays uh, Northern Illinois. They play Western Illinois. You know, they have some winnable games here. And Northern um, Illinois, how are they going to recover after uh, losing their quarterback last year? Um, so that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, Jordan Lynch. Jordan Lynch, gone. Yes. Yeah. Jordan. So it's it's going to be a, a possible good season. And will you please repeat what was your pick for the Northwestern game? Uh, I'm going to go two touchdowns. Okay. Uh, so what's what was it's the sixty? So they're looking for a high scoring game. Gosh, I don't. Yeah. I think it's going to be way under. Man, I think that's way under to be honest with you. Yeah, you think it's going to stay think, under? I don't think the Golden Bears can put up that All many right, points. I'll put you down and you minus eleven with the yeah. under. Um, let's go Northwestern. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say they put up at least thirty five. Okay. And I'm gonna say the Golden Bears put up fourteen. Thirty five, fourteen. Yes. All right. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So it's a, it's a good way for Northwestern to start. And, I mean, there's a couple – you know, Northwestern has a good game here. It's at least – it's a name team. Most of these other teams, you know, Indiana plays Indiana State. Purdue's playing Western Michigan, I think. And so um, Illinois is playing Youngstown State. I don't think that Youngstown State's going to no. put much of a fight oh, no. against my Illini. <laughs> and Michigan State, well, as, we, as we started the show today, they have a nice tune-up game against Jacksonville State. I'm going to swing it back around and see what I'm doing here, Brooks. Yep. Swing it back to the beginning. I think Michigan State is really going to just assess what we have – Maybe hide hide some of the secrets that we want to pull out at Oregon, and uh, you know Michigan State just needs to kind of take care of business because they don't want to show weakness to Oregon because mm-hmm. they don't want to go travel west without confidence. Oh yeah, so that's the number one thing Michigan State needs to do. Like I said, there's no real spread right now to be found, but I'm 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 thinking Michigan State's going to be around a four touchdown victor in that game. Something like that. I think, and Brooks agreed with me. He has uh, Michigan State winning by 31. I have Michigan State winning by 25. So, but I'm excited, man. It's just like a good season. We're at a school that's coming off a Rose Bowl win, and uh, it's just an exciting football season to look forward to. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, we're we're heading to the the first ever college football playoff, and Michigan State might be a part of it. You know, so I can't wait. Uh, following, you know, the, after this week to talk about uh, what the spread is. For Oregon, I'm going to make a quick guess that Oregon's probably going to be, I've seen things about 12 points right there favored. So it's interesting to see because Oregon plays South Dakota in their first game, so they're going to annihilate them. That's going to be a 66-10 or something. So Yeah, the Fighting Sioux are a good, are a good team <laughs> in their own in their own 
division. Uh, it's in hockey, man. It's in hockey. Yeah. Well, no, it's in hockey. Um, we'll but, see what happens, but it, it's a good it's a good first week. So, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, I think we covered everything. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Thank you to Brooks Lambeer. My name is Dan Cryer, and that was Walk the Line. I guess you could officially call this season two, episode one. So it's like it's Breaking Bad. We're into the we're, oh, yeah. we're, 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 you're you're kind of a je- you're the college Jesse Pinkman to my Walter White. Okay. <laughs> And uh, Ryan Smith's going to be in here to talk some NFL when the NFL gets going because Ryan really knows his NFL and loves that. So yes. uh, cool, man. Well, dude, thank you for sitting with me, Brooks. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, can't wait to watch football. I agree. It's on. Thank you. Thank you for getting back here. Uh, oh, football's back, baby. Yeah, we're back in school. We got class. We got to do homework and assignments. But we also have football. We so do. it's a fair trade. Yes. All right. So everybody take care. We'll talk to you later. Take it easy.